Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, y'all happy tonight? Yes. Y'all happy tonight? Yes. Are you really, really happy tonight? Yes. If you're happy, you know it, then your face will surely. So check your neighbor, see if they're happy. Do they look happy to you? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Doing better, they're doing. You can be better. You can be better. Praise God. Well, I'm happy, happy, happy. Glad to be saved. Glad to be Holy Ghost filled. Glad to be in the kingdom of God. Amen. I'm not subject to this world, this world system. I'm above the world system. Amen. God's kingdom, according to Psalm 103, 19, the Bible says the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. And so God's kingdom rules over all. And I'm glad I'm in that kingdom. I've been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. And so I'm thankful for that tonight. And I'm glad that I'm in this house with such great, mighty, awesome people of God. Why don't you give yourselves a hand tonight for being such awesome people of God? Glory to God. I know it's hard. Just do it anyway. Just do it anyway. You are very, very awesome people of God, and I'm just grateful. Uh, We had a great um, celebration, in my opinion, on Sunday, uh, marking 20 years that the Lord has blessed us and kept us together. And uh, we, we appreciated the great time we had. Our praise team ministered original music our mass choir ministered uh, their debut uh, ministry and awesome time and the word came forth and thank God for those who were touched and blessed through the word and the prayer time and had a great time in fellowshipping uh, outside and uh, eating real good amen there was plenty of food and uh, there was some leftover food I was a little nervous you know how I know how folk eat but there was food left over Amen, and we appreciate it. Uh, my wife and I are extremely thankful for uh, you as a church, how you ministered to us. We thank you for the love gift that we received. Um, it, it, what I know is um, there's something always be said about honor. And when you honor, um, God honors you. And so I'm thankful to the, uh, our board of directors and all those who are in, especially involved in making the decision on how to bless the pastor and all that kind of good stuff. But they couldn't do it without uh, you all giving and uh, we just, we, we receive it and we cherish it and we prayed. Uh, we took, we always pray. When, every time people give us anything, uh, every time I go home Wednesday night, I go home on Sunday and people have put money in my pocket or they've blessed me uh, or sown seed, I should say. Uh, we take time to pray over that. We don't just send it to the bank. We pray over that. We really do it every single time. And in um, Sunday, we took especially uh, time to pray over even the church and the church's seed, the church soul. And uh, we, because you're part of the church, you're covered in that prayer. Amen. And uh, we are just, again, thankful and look forward to the next 20. Amen. Praise God. Hard work has been done and getting established, and the fun begins. Amen. I've been back and forth with Apostle Derber. He's they just arrived in town safely this morning. Praise God, and thankful for that. And uh, they're enjoying some vacation time. That's just good for them. 
And uh, but we have, we've been talking back and forth because they're, they just launched their uh, the actual construction on phase two there in Frankfurt. And uh, it, it's the hard, tedious work that's going in now in getting the thing established. And then once that's done, then you start, you know, the fun process. And you know, for us, 20 years, all the, if you allow tedious work and just getting established, we're done now. So it's time to have some fun in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Even more beyond what we've already had. Amen. And that, that, that's, that's a principle that we all live by. Uh, the Bible says in Hebrews that we are to labor to enter into that rest. So many people don't like the laboring part. They don't like the spiritual labor required to get established. This is hard. It's too hard. It's not too hard. You're just too lazy. <laughs> it's not it's not too hard now it's not it's not easy in the sense that and here's why because when you're getting established in, a, in faith the, the hardest part is being having your mind transformed or have your life transformed by the new of your mind It's to break away from all the the way you've been taught my wife and I can attest to this we were we grew up in church both grew up in church I mean staunch church folk but to come and learn the kingdom, to come and learn faith was a total, what is this? It's hard to deny your flesh, to deny your uh, natural thinking. Pain hits your body. The natural thinking is just go do this. But man, you can't, you, you can't really get established in faith when you do that. So you have to learn to walk things out and it's tough. It's tough walking things out and we're just going to trust God for this, trust God for money. We're going to trust God for healing. We're going to trust God for this and you know, and so on and so forth. And that's, it's, it's hard when you learn that, but that's the labor that's required to enter into rest. But once you've done the labor, guess what, baby? It's time for the rest. It's time to have fun. Amen. And that's what God is getting, to, getting us to uh, as a ministry. It's time to have some just show enough fun. Amen. It's fun when you can kick devil butt all up and down the street. It's fun when you can begin to see God um, uh, manifest things. You know, I was, I was telling dad, I was, as he was, you know, this whole building is going up and he was sending me these pictures. He's so excited. And I understand that. And I said, I said, dad, I, I imagine you feel a lot like Abraham did when Sarah first started showing. talking about they were 24 years in this thing with Abraham and Sarah before all of a sudden now she got a little bump look at that look at you boo and I said that's, I imagine that's how you feel because they've been waiting you know 20 some years on this whole thing but uh I have a lot I think it's been closer that long and uh but here it is so amen we're all excited together amen all right enough of that get your bibles out let's get down to business Y'all you know, know, know what business is? For us culture people, it's called business. But if you're from, uh, I'm not going to say the name. So. Helpsable. I was going to say South Carolina, but I don't want to say that. They got some, South Carolina has a group of people, that call, we call them Geechees. I, I like South Carolina, though. I we, we were just there a few weeks ago. Just, I love it. It's a great place. Great place to be. Great place to be. Amen? All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Hallelujah. 
And we're going to read um, for our foundation verses 1 through 7. Verses 1 through 7. We welcome all of our viewing audience, those who are watching online. We welcome you to uh, really tune in, put the food down, get all the distractions away, tune in, lock in, amen. Okay, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1 through 7, you have that? Okay, let's read together tonight. Ready, read. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. In other words, nobody can really uh, declare that in truth, that he's Lord. I mean, any, a child, you can teach a child to say Jesus is Lord. But I mean to, to declare it from their heart except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4 through 7, let's go. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. We'll stop there. Again, verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. I want to use uh, a line from there for our subject tonight. The manifestation of the Spirit. The manifestation of the Spirit. Father God, tonight, I thank you and appreciate the time you've given us now to get into your word. I pray for each listener that's here, gathered here, or those who are watching and viewing, those listening, God, now and years to come, that their hearts are open to receive, their minds open to receive your word. I thank you, Lord, for your anointing upon me now to minister your word. I, I ask you, Lord, to, to really supply uh, the spirit to me tonight to minister, Lord, by the Holy Ghost and not of my flesh. Lord, minister through me, have your way. And I thank you that God tonight, as your people hear the word, that we will all be lifted and, 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 and strengthened tonight by the word of God. And I pray, Father, that, Lord, as we leave from this place, we'll know that we have heard from you and we will apply the things we've heard to our lives and see the fruit thereof we pray in Jesus name so be it amen and amen all right take your seats tonight the manifestation of the spirit praise the Lord praise the Lord thank you brother Luke appreciate you tonight uh, let's do a little bit of, of review because again today this is the 7th of November and uh, the last time I taught along this line was the 24th of October and so we've had a few other things since then. So let's kind of review. Is that all right? We've again been talking about uh, God's timing for plans and purposes. Right? And we preach a message series, a message called Purpose and Grace and uh, Time for Birth and so on and so forth, things like that. And uh, we've been talking again about how God gives us grace uh, according to his purpose and calling for our lives. So everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a calling. And so along with that uh, purpose and with that purpose and calling, God gives us grace. Right. And so this grace we've identified as God's divine enablement, his ability. Right. So that we can do the things God has called us to do. So I have a calling. But for me to operate in that calling, I need God's grace to operate in that. Now, when people say grace means favor, well, we, we allow favor in the sense that God called you. 
but that, that, that's, that's the, the only favor involved. The, what the real meaning of this grace is that beyond the calling, you need now the ability to operate in that calling. All right? So even Apostle Durbin identified, defined once uh, grace as uh, God's ability gift to function in the gifts and callings. Okay, so grace is God's ability to give. Now, uh, we, uh, the Lord gave me this s- some years ago on this. I want to turn it back to 1 Peter, please. 1 Peter 4. All right, we'll review just a, just a couple, few, few minutes here. Just to make sure we're all up to speed. If you haven't been here, uh, again, thank God for our media team, which puts everything online. You can go back and review. Amen, for free. You know, this church is still charging for all their, all their stuff. Amen. And uh, but it's free for us. To the Lord, thank you. To the Lord, thank you. <laughs> okay, First Timothy. I'm sorry, First Peter. I'm in the wrong place. First Peter. I'm way over here in First Timothy. Y'all, hold on a minute. Y'all just sitting down. I'm working. First Peter four. Hopefully, y'all are working too. Pulling the word out. First Peter four and verse ten. And 11 says, as each one, everybody say each one. Each one. I, I, in my Bible, I circled that. Each one. That's important to us. As each one has received a gift. So who all has received a gift? Each one. Okay? That's important. We'll, we'll deal with that here in a minute. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. So the gift isn't for you. It's for you to minister to someone, all right? As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Manifold simply means multifaceted, many-sided grace, okay? So we're stewards of it. Verse 11 says, if anyone speaks, this is one of the gifts, let him speak as the oracles or teachings or uh, expressions of God. If anyone ministers or serves, what that word means, let him do it as with what? The, y'all with me? As with the ability which God supplies. Okay, so if anyone serves, let him serve or do it with the ability which God supplies. That's grace. The ability which God supplies. Everybody say that. The ability which God supplies. That in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. All right, so again, you ought to highlight a circle in there, each one, okay, has received a what? A gift. That, that gift is, you know, is the word what? Charisma? Very good. Say it again. Charisma, okay. So as each one has received a charisma, then it says minister it, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, with the ability which God supplies. So each of us has received a gift, Okay. Now, how many of y'all uh, can attest that when, the moment you got saved, you knew your gift? No, not any of you. N- none of us knew that. In fact, many of us I've found will testify that we've still not discovered what our gift is. Okay? But does it mean you don't have one? No. As each one has received a gift, not as some, it says as each one. It didn't say as someone, it says specifically here, as each one. So each of us have received a gift. Everybody say, I have a gift. I have a gift. 
Now, remember, I went through this here, I think that was a couple weeks ago, that whole process of how you discover and, and get deployed. I talked about how you got to be discipled, right? right? Discipling is you uh, uh, having your mind renewed by the word of God. All right. Somebody's teaching you, somebody's training you and so forth. Then you go from uh, discipleship over into discovery. It's through discipleship and you don't ever leave discipleship. You, you, you begin to discover what your gifts and what your callings are, what your purpose is in life. Media should have that, but I'll, get, I'll call it out to you. Discipleship is first, then discovery. Discovery is next, purpose and calling. Then once you discover what your purpose and calling is, you can't just go out and do stuff. You have to take time to be developed. You've got to grow. And so that's why God gives you pastors according to his own heart. That's why he gives you apostles. That's why he gives you prophets. That's why he gives you evangelists. That's why he gives you teachers. Pastors and teachers, the Bible says, for the perfecting of the saints. For the perfecting of the saints. It's to help develop us. So even, even once you move, uh, once you've reached this level of development, you never stop developing because you all, you, you, you're going to always need to grow. You grow in grace, 2 Peter 3.18. You grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So we got to keep growing. I, I told you this when I, when I was a barber. Uh, even, I, I, in fact, used to be a licensed real estate agent uh, for, for a few years. And when we did that, you couldn't just go get your license and go out and work and then never come back for what's called continuing education. You had to go back every two years for what, what we call it? C CEUs, right. continuing education units. We, we just have to take these things, okay? So you got to always be educated. So we always spend time in development. But when, once you develop to a point where God knows he can trust you and release you, then it's called deployment, right? You, you're sent out to operate your gift in your gift and your callings, all right? And we said this a couple weeks ago, and I, it, it bears repeating. We are, we're intended to be as a church, a ministry of ministries. So God never intended for the church to be one minister operating and everybody else just comes and see and receives and sits and does nothing. That's not the way God ever intended anything. That makes for a, 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 a one dimensional church. In fact, it becomes a personality driven church. And they don't, they don't last because they never develop successors and people are not doing the work of the ministry. Amen. In fact, when you when you read over in Ephesians 4, 11, when it talks about give some to be apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers for the equipping of perfecting of the saints. It goes on to say uh, for the work of the ministry. So you are called to do the work of the ministry and the work of the ministry. Please, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen we appreciate uh, cleaning and bathroom and toilet cleaning, all that kind of stuff. But that's not the work he's talking about. Jesus said great works then these shall you do because I go to my father he wasn't talking about you cleaning the bathroom and and cutting the yard that's good we need that done but he's talking about you doing the work of the ministry you discovering what you're called to do you're discovering your purpose you're discovering your assignment you're discovering the giftings that God has placed in you because each of us has received a gift so when you discover that you'll find out you're to minister to each other you got it? All right, let me keep going here. So uh, now go to Romans 12, please. Romans 12. He's still reviewing. Romans 12 and verse 3. Got it? Yes, sir. I hear pages turning. That's good. 
You can't, I can't hear when people swipe. That's <laughs> on their little tablets and stuff. I like to hear pages turning. Okay, Romans 12, verse 3, y'all have that? For I say through the grace given to me. So Paul is speaking as an oracle of God. He's speaking as a prophet, as a teacher, as an apostle. So he's speaking by that, by that apostolic grace to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think how? Soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Now you, you'll find there's a reason why God has dealt to you a measure of faith. It is not the measure of faith you, you use it to, to uh, begin to get healing and begin to get manifestation of the things you need. But the measure of faith is for something down a little further in the, in the, in the text. Okay. In fact, let's look right down, please, at verse 6. Ver, no, let me, let me read verse 4, please. For as, as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, but we all have a function, just not the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Verse six, having then gifts. Now this is about we all. Okay. Having then gifts differing, that word gifts again is charisma, differing according to the grace, that's charis. So remember I taught you how your charis goes with your charisma. Okay. That is given to, given to us. Let us use them. Now watch, if prophecy, let us use, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Remember that measure of faith? So God gives you a measure of the measure of faith so that you can exercise your gift and calling. And I get to why here, more and more importantly here in a minute. In fact, I kind of give you this preview because you need this measure of faith to access the grace to operate. Yes. This is Wednesday night, right? Yeah. I, don't, I don't need to hoop and holler. I heard one, one of the kids asked me the other day, uh, not, my, not one of my natural children, one of the other kids here in the church asked, Pastor, I want you to go back and do a, like, do a hooping, you know, go old school one Sunday. <laughs> she, she wants to experience that little, oh, you know, grab my ear and all that kind of stuff. And I could do that, but it, it just wouldn't help you. I'm here to help you. Amen. We want to be helped, don't we? All right. Praise God. Praise God. So, so if, if prophecy let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. So we start out with a measure or the measure but we can build that. So then when you prophesy or you begin to exercise that gift in prophesying, it's going to be according to how much faith you built from your original measure. So everyone start, remember, each one has a gift and each one has, a me, has the measure of faith. Boy, this is good to me, boy. This is good to me. Each one has a gift. Each one has the measure of faith. Because you need that measure of faith to operate in your gift. Now, how much you grow on your faith will determine how much you can exercise your gift. Wow. Wow. This is good here. This is real good. Because remember, we, remember I said that here a couple weeks ago. Everyone, the Bible said it. Each of us has a gift. But ask how many of you have been operating a gift? Well, I've been operating a gift. Why not? See, it's not that the gift isn't there. In fact, 
I guarantee there are people who sit right up in here and you, you feel like, you, uh, when I say feel, I'm talking about in the spirit. You feel spiritually there's something you're supposed to do. I, I feel like I got a word. A word came up. And you like, I can't share that. Or I don't know if it was to do that. Well, that's because you, you, haven't, you haven't gotten this faith down or faith up. Right? You may be walking around with the gift of healing. Or the gifts of healing, it's called. And you know, in fact, compassion rises all up in you. You want to go, oh, I want to go do something about that. Oh, my God, I want to go do it. And But you say, oh, but what if they don't get up? Uh-oh, the problem is you've not built your measure of faith up. See, because that's not up to you. The results are up to God. Tell your neighbor, the results are up to God. Come on, tell somebody else, the results are up to God. If we do what he calls us to do, he's going to always back his word. Okay? So can, can we continue learning tonight? All right, so again, verse 6, use it in proportion to our faith. Verse 7, or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. Use it being grace. Okay, um, in our ministering or our serving, he who teaches, you're going to use that grace in teaching. He who exhorts, use that grace in exhortation. He who gives, you're going to give, do it with liberal, uh, liberality. So you're going to use grace as a financial grace that exists, ladies and gentlemen. My God, oh, that's one of the greatest revelations the Lord gave me years ago about financial grace. My goodness. He who leads. There's a grace to do it with diligence and not quit. <laughs> you just gotta, we got to know how to tap into that. I'm going to deal with that a little more tonight. He who shows mercy, compassion, with cheerfulness. How do, how do, how do I, how do I, because anybody, anybody ever, no, I'm not better than I ask that. Okay, I'll, I'll ask it. This just, it's the first thing that came to my mind. So I'm just going to say it the way I, way I came out. If you've ever been tasked, tasked with having to care for someone. You've been a caregiver. Showing mercy. I'm just, this is one example of showing mercy. And you start out cheerful. This is great. I'm here for you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to help you. But by the time they ring that bell three times, ding, 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 I need. You're like, okay. <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I'm here for you. <laughs> you're, just, you're just trying to stay cheerful. Right? Anybody been through that? Glory to God. Well, what happens if you don't tap into this grace that goes with that, with that you won't, pretty soon, there'll be no more cheerfulness. There'll, there'll creep in something called bitterness. Stop ringing that bell. Get your own clothes. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? No, the Bible's not talking, you know, specifically about that. It's, when it's talking about 
drawing compassion or mercy. It's 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 mer their mercy ministries. You know, you're we're gonna help the poor. We're gonna do something like that. You know, you can deal with all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get called to go to Haiti or something like that. Or you go, you gonna work in the food pantry? Uh, trust me, we had a food pantry here, boy. And you know, there's be some days you're like, nah, you know what? You know what? <laughs> Am I right? What you mean? How come? How come we get you no water? Get your own water. I mean, people people got kind of, you know, for free for free stuff. They getting all kind of, you know, wow. And you got you got to. Oh, oh y'all, so y'all got what I'm saying here tonight. All right. Stay in your lane. You got to know what your lane is. Praise the Lord. I just go pick it up and bring, drop it off. That's what I do. Praise the Lord. All right. Now, so again, we have these differing gifts. Praise the Lord. All right. Now, it says we have them according to the grace. This, we have different gifts. Now, I want to give you this word again. Uh, charisma. Hmm. I want you to see something here. Now, before I do that, before I do that, uh, let me go back to Romans 12, 6 through 8. I want to read it in the Passion Translation. Romans 12, 6 through 8 in the Passion Translation. This is what we used a couple weeks ago when we were preaching the message grace gifts. Can y'all see that? It says, God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are what? Uniquely ours. Everybody can read that? Everybody see it? So I, I, let's read that first line again because I want to make sure everybody gets it out of their own mouths. Read it again. Ready? Go. God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. This is for us to be understand. This is personal. So every one of us is imparted by his grace to each of us a gift and or ministry that's uniquely ours. So nobody else can do what I, God called me to do. Okay? So then it says, so if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, you must activate your gift. Watch this. Activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. The proportion. The proportion. Now, we all started with the same measure. So you're going to activate it in, according to the proportion that you have increased. Got it? There's some people who they're prophesied the drop of a dime. And so, some people, they got to, well, I'll write it down. And uh, I'll take it home for a couple weeks and read over it and think about it. And then I'll come to Pastor two weeks later and say, Pastor, two weeks ago, I was in church and the Lord said, well, dog, when he said it, it was for that moment, cuz. Right? The moment all passed. No, but that's okay. I understand. Because what is just a matter of not, not having your faith. This is so good. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Built up to where, okay, I know when I hear God, just, just step out on it. I'm, I'm, over, I'm past my fear. I'm past my intrepidation. I'm past all reservation. No, when I hear God, I move right on when I hear God. I, I remember hearing Apostle Derwin told me this uh, about three years ago. We, he was teaching uh, on uh, spiritual operation. And I remember him telling me this one-on-one. -on -one. He, said, he said hesitation. He talked about how hesitation will, will stop 
the flow of the anointing. Yes. Yes. And I remember he, when he said, I said, wow. And I, I've never, never forgotten that. That you, 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 can't, you can't hesitate. Man, this is good. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. That means don't, don't, when you hear God, don't be trying to fleece him for three days. We're not led by the fleecing. We're led by the spirit. Are you hearing me? Fleecing was forgetting in the Old Testament. We don't have to fleece the Lord for anything. When he speaks, we obey, we move. Are you hearing me? But again, the issue is, is getting our faith built up to where we can, when we sense God, we move out in what he's telling us to do without hesitation. Everybody say without hesitation. Remember that thing we used to do? No hesitation, procrastinate. Remember that's uh, constant. Concentration, that's the game, yeah. Yeah, I was about to say constipation, but it's concentration. Concentration now begins. Name's up, yeah, right. And I used to always get in trouble because I hesitated. Uh, 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 and that's how it is in the spirit. We, uh, 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 the, the, the carries moment. Got the moving. Come on, sir. We miss it by hesitating. But as we grow our faith and understand how this operates, we're going to start now being right on target, right on point with those Kairos moments with God. Kairos moments, that's the word I'm trying to say. Thank you. Kairos moments. Right, right. Just shift the plume. You know how to pop that clutch. You know something about that. All right, now. So uh, we're, we're at, so if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, you must activate your gift by using the proportion of the faith you have to prophesy. Verse 7 says, if your grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving others well. Hallelujah. If you have the grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. Hallelujah. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, then use it often to encourage others. If you have the grace gift of giving to meet the needs of others, then may you prosper in your generosity without any fanfare. If you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And if you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. Okay? Now these are all grace gifts, right? We just read about here. Now I'm not gonna teach on, on these grace gifts. Uh, there's something, I'm, I'm, tonight I'm building a foundation for something I wanna get into uh, probably on the 18th. That'll be the next time I preach, I believe, okay? So y'all can really take what I teach tonight and just go over it, chew on it. Because when we hit the 18th, we're going to take off, okay? Now, so these are grace gifts. Everybody say grace gifts. Okay, which means that they are divinely conferred. Okay? How do I know? Let's go back to that word charisma. This, I want this word charisma up now. I gave you from the Greek. Whenever you see the word gifts... Most often through the New Testament, the word gifts is the Greek, the Greek word charisma, charisma, okay? You can say it however you want it, charisma, or charisma, you want to sound fancy, okay? But listen to what it means again, that word charisma, uh, in just from the Webster's Dictionary here. It means compelling attractiveness or charm that can inspire devotion in others. In other words, uh, Presence, personality, force of personality, strength, or character. Now, here's the part I want to get to that's biblical. A divinely conferred power or talent. This is right out of the dictionary. Charisma, or this gift, is a divinely, y'all know what divinely means, right? From God. A divinely conferred, you know what conferred means, right? 
Confort, confort means it's been given to you. It's been placed upon you. Now this is important. I dealt with this two weeks ago about this whole issue about manifestation. To, to, to raise our revelation level up to the point that we understand we're not sitting around just waiting on God to manifest something, but that we have gifts. See, I was trained out of that. I was trained that, no, you don't have any gifts, that, you know, it's just up to God. Whatever he feels like it, willy-nilly, he might do something here and there and there and there. But I'm going to prove to you tonight that that's not the case. I'm setting you up for next week. Set us up, sir. Okay? So it says, a divinely conferred. Those of you who graduated from high school or graduated from college or any sort of uh, trade school, any kind of degree program or, 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 or certification program, uh, when you march across that stage, they said you have, they, they have conferred a degree upon you. Yes. <laughs> right? It might have cost you 40000 80000 whatever. <laughs> but they conf you, you traded 80000 for that little piece of paper. Look what I got. We're still paying for it. Some of us still, not me, but maybe you're still paying for it, but God's going to redeem your life from destruction in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. But they confer something on you, and the thing about them conferring that on you is it can never be taken away from you. It's yours. That's your degree. Y'all miss it. It's your degree. It's yours. Which means when you have it now, you can display it. Glory to God. It's the proof that you matriculated. Y'all like that word? That you matriculated through a certain level of curriculum. This just means you learned your work, you did your work. Right? So when something is conferred on you, it's yours. So with these gifts, charisma, it's a divinely conferred, which means you didn't work for it. You didn't matriculate to get it. This is where the favor comes in. When we want to talk about favor. The favor is that God said, bam, I'm going to put this on you. You don't deserve this gift, but I'm going to give it to you. That's, and that, that's where favor ends. Because the grace really is now the ability that's now conferred on you to operate in your gift and calling. You got it? And notice, I want you to see this here. It's conferred. Divinely conferred. Everybody say divinely conferred. Which means God gives it to me. You got it? So all these grace gifts, y'all stick with me here, right? are divinely conferred, in other words, supplied by the Lord, which means <laughs> God released it. He backs it. He purposed it for you. And his gifts, charismas, and callings are without repentance. In other words, without revoking. He, he gives you something. Boy, this is, this is better than y'all letting on here. Okay? You, you, y'all, we all get this. You're going to be like, okay. 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 So, uh, now, it's important you understand divinely. 
Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12. I'm not going to go through all of it. I'm just going to go through at the most tonight, well, a little bit of it here. Because in, on the 18th, I think it is next time I preach, I'm going to preach a message called the Divine Nine. The Divine Nine. So let all your little, all your little, all your little frat folk and sorority folk know I'm, I'm, I'm going to preach them. Because they think they have the Divine Nine in their HBCUs and all that kind of stuff. That is the demonic nine. I'm going to preach the divine nine. That's the demonic nine. The skeet wheats and the deltas and the da 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 Yeah, I ain't gonna pick on them. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna pick on them. I'm just. I'm just gonna preach the divine nine. Because because First Corinthians twelve lists the divine nine, the divinely conferred powers and talents. And the church said, "Amen." So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just putting out the announcement. So everybody can get all, get over all your little anger and all your little. He messed with my frat. He messed with my sorority. He messed with my. Okay, I'm, I apologize, idol worshiper. I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize, to you all in idolatry. Just get it out. I just want to get it out now. So when I preach it on that Sunday, you ready? You ain't got to roll your eyes at me on that Sunday. You will have already processed all your anger. All your little upset, you know, your little mood, get all that out. So that's the real though. This is real. It's real. It transforms you. Okay. My God. All right. Because we're talking about something that's divinely conferred. Hallelujah. All right. Okay, now let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. Because that same word we saw in Romans 12, uh, charisma, is found here in 1 Corinthians 12. Now I want you to look at this here in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians and verse 1. It says, now concerning spiritual. Now the word gifts is added. It's italicized, which means it's added. So he's talking about, really, we could say, so now concerning spiritual or concerning things of the spirit. But for clarity, the word gifts is added. So he says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, if he says, I do not want you to be ignorant, it's very likely that folk are ignorant. And I venture to say most of the body of Christ is woefully ignorant when it comes to spiritual gifts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But we're going we're gonna to fix that here. Amen. All right. So now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, <clears throat> drop down to verse four, please. Verse four. It says here. No, no, no. Before we drop down, give me give me uh, that same verse one in the Amplified, please. Amplified Bible. First Corinthians 12, verse one. 
Well, he's a step. <laughs> what make a man bark like a dog? Let somebody whoop his tail, his natural open tail, whoop his tail. Oh, the 18? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to beat my tail so you can call me brother. No. Women, I'm going to just put it, black women humiliate each other for the, for the, the privilege of being called sister. Humiliate each other. What? Okay, now amplify. Let's get back on task. Y'all are pulling me way off task. Get on here. Now about the spiritual. Now watch this. Y'all here? Now about the spiritual gifts, the special endowments of supernatural energy. Endowments. Again, an endowment is something that's been conferred upon you. You have received something. Wow. Not just, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm try, trying to help make us, uh, Lord Holy Ghost, help me just make this clear. I'm not talking about something that just, okay. Old Testament, the Spirit will come on someone right. to allow them to do something supernatural. But we are not Old Testament saints. No. We are New Testament saints, yes. where the, uh, 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 whom the Holy Spirit lives within us. So he doesn't just come on us, but he comes in us, and he doesn't just uh, uh, touch us, but he endows us with some things. Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 11, Paul said, uh, I, I long, I desire to see you, that I may impart to you, impart, impart, put something in you, impart to you a, some spiritual gift, some endowment, some charisma. I want to give you some gifts. Wow. 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 Paul told Timothy, he said, Timothy, I want you to make, take time to stir up the gifts. Stir up the gifts, the charismas, those giftings, those callings that were placed in you by the laying on of hands of the Presbytery. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So th there are things that are, that are conferred to you. You are endowed with something. He says endowments of supernatural energy. Brethren, I do not want you to be misinformed. So people are misinformed. All right, now let's get that same verse, please, media, uh, from the Living Bible, please. The Living Bible. The Living Bible. Then we'll move on. I want you to see this. It says, and now, brothers, I want to write about the special abilities the Holy Spirit gives to each of you. This is good. He gives to each of you, for I don't want any misunderstanding about them. What do you think happens about it, Christ? Misunderstanding. Even people who like to who think well operate in spiritual gifts. Yes, we operate in it, but there's still some misunderstanding about it because we think, well, you know, when the spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart, I'll dance like David danced. I'm sitting there waiting around for, hmm, so I can, if I feel a little something, I feel something. No, and and see see what what happened is while we're waiting to feel something, there's an unmet need. Hallelujah. I'll show you this here. Because again, Paul tells Timothy, stir up the gifts. Stir it up. 
Oh, Lord. It's in there. You, 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 ever, you ever been around some, you know, you, any of y'all been around a home-cooked meal? I mean, when I'm slow-cooked. I don't mean home microwave, I mean a home-cooked meal. And every time that pot gets stirred, it releases an aroma through that. Oh, oh, mama, hurry up. Right? Now, what you smell, what you sense was already in the pot. But it wasn't till it was stirred up that it was released. See, so there are things, giftings, endowments that are already in you. And instead of waiting, well, let's see if I can, you know, you know, go home and just, you know, well, God didn't want to do anything tonight. What do you mean didn't want to do anything? No, we haven't stirred, we haven't stirred ourselves up. We haven't stirred ourselves up. But we're fixing that. We are fixing that tonight. Okay. All right. So uh, where I leave off? Let me. I'm, I'm getting too excited here. Uh, the living Bible, yeah, the Holy Spirit gives each of you, for I don't want any misunderstanding about them. All right, now, <clears throat> let's look down at verse four, please. Verse four. There are diversities of gifts. That word gifts again is what? Charisma. charisma. Oh, so there's diversities of charismas, but the same spirit. spirit. So spirit, spirit of God. So this is divine. There are different differences of ministries, but the same Lord. the Lord God. This is divine. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God, that's divine, who works all in all. Okay? Now, again, he'll talk about here, and I'll teach this on the 18th, the divine nine. Okay, now let's look at, uh, give me please verses four through six in the Amplified Bible. I think we're doing okay on time, right? Verse four through six, the Amplified Bible. It says, now there are distinctive varieties and distributions of endowments, gifts. Watch this, gifts, extraordinary powers distinguishing certain Christians. Now, it doesn't mean that only certain Christians get them, it just distinguishes between Christians. Because we don't all have the same function. We already read that in Romans 12. Okay, so there are uh, there are distinctive varieties and distributions of endowments. Oh my God, gifts, extraordinary powers, distinguishing certain Christians due to the power of divine grace operating in their souls by the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, and they vary, but the same Holy Spirit remains the same. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. So no matter how you operate in different folks, it's still the same Holy Ghost. Same Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. All right, verse 5. And uh, no, we should be at verse, yeah, verse 5. That's right. Thank you. And there are distinctive varieties of service and ministration, but it's the same Lord who is served. Okay, verse 6. And there are distinctive varieties of, op of operation of working to accomplish things. How things are accomplished. 
but is the same God who inspires and energizes them all in all. So God is the one behind it all. So he's the one that imparts the gift or, or should I say endows us with the gift? Okay? He's the one that, that is the one that is energizing it. He gives the gift its energy. Remember we read about something about in the soul where it doesn't come from your soul. Okay? It's energized by God. It's not energized. Again, it's divine. So it's not energized. For example, if we were to get into the word of knowledge, it's not energized by your degree, by how much you learn in school. It's not natural. Remember he said, I'm, I'm teaching now verse one concerning spiritual gifts. Everybody say spiritual gifts. So these are not natural gifts. So when we deal with word of knowledge, I won't be talking about, you know, how much you learn in school. Talk about the word of wisdom. I won't be talking about how much experience you have because you're now 60 and 70, 80 years old and you guys, you know, you wise for your age. Not, no, no, this isn't that. We're talking about spiritual. spiritual. Something that, that has been endowed to you, bestowed, conferred upon you by God. So if, so if the gift is bestowed by God, the manifestation of it is energized by God. You got it? So when you exercise your gift, you are simply a conduit, a vessel, an instrument for God to speak through you or work through you, depending on which gift you're talking about. Got it? Y'all got it? Praise the Lord. Now, verse 7 is where I want to focus here in my last bit of time we have left. We got, we got plenty of time. I think we're good. Verse 7 then says... But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Y'all got it? Everybody say manifestation. Okay, now I want to go back. Let's read this same verse again in a few translations, all right? So me just stick with me. Give me the CEV, Contemporary English Version. The CEV, okay? It says the Spirit has given each of us a special way of serving others. We see each of us, right? Okay, give me the Living Bible on verse 7. TLB, the Living Bible. Watch this. The Holy Spirit displays God's power through each of us as a means of helping the entire church. The Message Bible, please. Message Bible, MSG. The Message Translation. Message Paraphrase, we want to call it. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it, everyone benefits. Everyone gets in on it, everyone benefits. Glory to God. Everyone gets in on it, everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. Glory to God. One more? All right, the New Living Translation. New Living Translation. This is good, man. This is good. A spiritual gift... Oh, y'all ready? We better read this together. Ready? Read. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Wow. See, this, this, is, this, is, this, this rattles our religion right here. It, it really tries our tradition because we've been, you know, okay, well, you know, it's when the Spirit of Lord comes upon my heart or when, you know, I feel something. No, no, it's saying, no, no, you have this gift. Or gifts. It's there. It's in you. 
It's been given to you and it's there for us to help each other. Got it? Now, what, what I think for me held us back so long was that word manifestation. Because I was trained in this, that, well, manifestation means just, it's just whenever God feels like it, you know, he'll kind of work through it and do something like that. Okay? But remember I gave you the definition of manifestation? Manifestation is, from, uh, is the Greek word uh, phenurosis. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. If any Hebrew people in here or Greek people don't get mad at me, okay? Phenurosis, which means manifestation, right? Well, great. Manifestation means manifestation, Pastor. Okay, but it comes from phenero, which means exhibition. Figuratively, it, figuratively, it means expression. By extension, it means a bestowment. Oh, oh, a bestowment. Well, the word bestow means to convey as a gift. That's what the word bestow means. It means to convey or to give as a gift. So even the manifestation, if we study it out, means not just when he shows up, it's talking about something is already given to you. Wow. Oh. Tell your neighbor, there's something on the inside of me that God put on the inside of me that he wants to use Maybe to bless you. Maybe to bless you. So, 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 you know, be careful how you talk to me. Be careful. Be careful how you treat me because, you know, you need what I have. Isn't that right? I need what you have. You need what I have. Get, go, go back to that verse 7 again. I think it uh, might have been the, um, maybe the Message Bible. Give me the Message Bible on that one. One of them. Yeah, each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it, everyone benefits. Everyone gets in on it, everyone benefits. So these giftings, these gifts are there for everyone to benefit. Can we all benefit from uh, uh, spiritual gifts, the divine non operating in our lives? As we teach them, you'll find out, you'll discover, boy, we can use that. <laughs> Can I wax political for a moment? Oh. Is it all right if I wax political for a moment? Oh, well, I didn't get my person in office. Oh my God. You know, what am I gonna do about my health care now? And all that kind of stuff. You know, one of the gifts is called the gifts of healings. <laughs> you want to talk about health care? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Gifts of healings. So if we operate in that, wow, people wouldn't be so, so worried about health care. And guess what? I guarantee you, many of you are walking around with the gifts of healing. Not gift, gifts. Which means it operate in different ways. And you've been, well, I don't know if I have that because it don't flow in me like, you know, Pastor John or, you know, when Pastor Durba, you know, his left arm just, you know, and nothing. I don't ever feel nothing. It's gifts. There are differences of operations. 
So it may not, you know, it might, it might be when your eyes start twitching. You think you got nervous problems. No. That God's telling you I'm, I'm ready to, you know what I'm saying? You, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm just saying. I'm just saying you, you, you don't know. But you got, you got to begin to explore this and understand, no, there's something on the inside of you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? We're walking around with all the answers the world needs. You can't, you know, we can't vote out demons. But discerning of spirits? Discerning of spirits? Oh, oh no, wait a minute. Are you, are you hearing me? So I don't need anybody to be fretting about, oh, Lord, I know what we're going to do. Wait a minute. You, you have the answer. You are the answer. You just didn't know that you had the answer on the inside of you. Tell your neighbor, you have the answers inside of you. There's something God put on the inside of you for everyone's benefit. Oh, I'm so glad about this tonight. I'm so glad I'm learning this tonight. I'm so glad I'm learning this tonight. I'm so glad God is enlightening me tonight. I'm so glad God is opening my eyes tonight. I'm so glad I'm learning what I have. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So again, okay, can I look at this again here? Each person, everybody say each person. Then it says everyone. Look at this next part. Everyone gets in. Now it says on it. I just want to say everyone gets in. Everyone gets in. Deep. In the kingdom, I told y'all last week, there's, there's, no pu- there's no bench. So God doesn't have any bench warmers. There, uh, there, there, there is no second string. Any of y'all people know about sports, you know, team sports, there's always a first string. Now these are your starters, but then you got a second string, you got third string, you got a, you know, I'm not sure where I am on the depth chart, you know, I may never get in the game, you know, I play the whole game, I, you know, be at the whole game, never get my uniform dirty, never get sweaty, I ain't even got to take a shower, I just, just bench warmer, just cheering other people on, and what's happened to the body of Christ, by large in part, have been filled with people just on the bench cheering on, go preacher, go apostle, go evangelist, go pastor, go, do it, you do it. You better do it. What? Get your butt in this game. We're fighting a real devil. There are millions of people that need our help. I can't get to them by myself. Get your butt in this game. I don't need no cheerleader. I don't need no cheerleader. I need somebody who knows their gift. Knows their calling will take time to be developed so God can deploy you. Get yourself on this field, man. <laughs> this, this is not a spectator sport. Everyone gets in on it, everyone benefits. You got it? So these gifts are bestowed. That word, again, manifestation back in the New King James and the King James, the word manifestation, we can literally say bestowed. But the bestowment of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Okay? 
So again, it's given to who? Each, Each one. one. So spiritual gifts are for every believer. Okay? Everybody say spiritual gifts are for me. I'm supposed to have at least one. Well, Pastor, I don't believe that. Well, let's help you with that. Let me help your unbelief. Because if this were not true, Tamara, then Paul would have an issue when he hits verse 31. Because what does verse 31 say? It said, but it says, New King James says, Ernest the Bible. I like King James. King James says, but covet earnestly the best gifts. Now, what does covet mean? What is, what is. Now, remember, we, we preach all that against covetousness. Don't, thou shalt not covet. Don't covet stuff. And now here we are talking about covet. The Holy Ghost says, covet this. If you're going to covet anything, covet this. Now, the reason we, the Bible says don't covet other stuff, in other words, don't, don't get all into material things, is because those material things, you're only thinking about you. But the best gifts, we already understand, are not for us. They are given to us for the profit of all. So it's all right to covet gifts because you know they're not for you. The whole point of you coveting a gift is because you love somebody. It's because you're drawn by compassion. You're sensitive to the needs of others and you see a need and you want to meet that. So God, I need, I need this, I need that gift. In the area I live, in the ministry where I'm operating, wherever I'm serving, I need, I need, I, I need, I need the best gifts. So it tells me to covet them. It didn't, notice it didn't say, Covet the best manifestations. Y'all, this no, it said covet the gift. In other words, God, I want the gift. You have, you can actually have the audacity to ask God for gifts. I, I asked, I have asked God for all nine. I want the whole divine nine package. Because I never know what situation I'm going to run into. I never know who I'm going to have to minister to. I don't know what I'm going to need. So when it tells me cover the best one, to me, the, I, and Brother Hagee used to always say, the best one is the one you need at the moment. <laughs> That's the best. So I want all of them. Glory to God. Many of them, and we'll get into this, many of the divine nine work together. Glory to God. So you want more than one. So ask. Matter of fact, he said, covet earnestly. Matter, as a matter of fact, uh, can, you, can you move a little bit farther in your Bible? Chapter 14, verse 1. 14, verse 1 says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. But especially that you may prophesy. So that would tell me then really the top gift out of all of them is prophecy. Is prophecy. He said, he said, desire spiritual gifts, but especially, especially. Well, the Bible talks about how in uh, the children of Israel, or Judah, when they came out of Babylonian captivity, they prospered through the prophesying of, of, of Haggai. They profited. They prospered. So, so uh, in fact, in fact, thank you, Lord. 
Uh, verse 3 says, on uh, chapter 14, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort. So really, that, that's, that's a highlight gift right there. And I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm not going to say crazy. I'm just uh, wise enough to believe that if the Holy Ghost will tell us to, to desire it, oh, come on. If he tell us to desire it, he's perfectly willing to give it. He wants to give it. Why don't we all just say, Lord, right now I receive the gift of prophecy. I desire it. I covet it. I earnestly desire it. It's the best gift in this situation. So I thank you because when you speak to me through prophecy, it'll be for edification, for exhortation and comfort to all men. I can bring comfort in the midst of a chaotic world. I can bring comfort in the midst of a chaotic situation. I can bring comfort to a family who's down and out through my prophecy. I have some news for you. If you ask anything according to his will, then we know he hears you. And if we know that he hears you, then we know that you have the petition that you've asked of him. Tell you, neighbor, he wants to give you these things. You don't have to twist God, his arm, manipulate God, make a deal with God. Just, just ask him because he wants to do it. Now, it's going to require some things. Now, there's going to be some things that you need to do because you're going to have to go through some time where you got to really consecrate yourself to really learn how to develop in that, to learn how to become sensitive to that gift. Because, again, most of us, it's in there or they're in there. But we've not stilled our, ourselves long enough. Jesus had given the uh, disciples power over unclean spirits. All of them. Am I right about it? Yes. Gave him power over unclean spirits. Luke 10. Yes. Gave it to him. 19. Gave him power over all unclean spirits. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. But when you read in, uh, in, in the Gospels, it talks about how this man had a son, and that son was vexed with the devil and so forth. The disciples were down there, couldn't cast the, this devil out of this boy. And Jesus came off the mountain with Peter, James, and John, and uh, he got rid of this devil out of, out, of, out of this boy. And the disciples came to him probably and said, how come, why could we not cast him out? And he said, this kind, he said, because of your unbelief. He said, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. This kind of what? Devil? No, not this kind of devil. He had already given them power over all devils. I'm talking about this kind of devil. There, there, there ain't a devil that's bigger than you. There ain't a devil in, in, in hell that's more powerful than you. There, there ain't a devil uh, romping around this planet that's more powerful than you. No, sir. I mean, you understand the, the, the hierarchy of heaven already anyway, right? There's God. God, the Godhead, there's us, the angels, and then if that's the angels, the fallen angels must be under them. So, y'all military folk understand this, we way outrank every demon that wants to raise his ugly head. So Jesus isn't talking about casting out certain devils. He's talking about this kind of faith. 
This kind of power does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So even when you have these giftings and these callings, there are many times that you have to now uh, get into a level and I'll, oh man, I'm, I'm going out of town, I know. But dealing with it some time, some time of consecrating yourself to build yourself up. Remember, because you're going to use them in proportion to your faith. Glory to God. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. All right. Now, let's go back to uh, 1 Corinthians. Y'all still there? 1 Corinthians. Uh, let's go back to verse 12, chapter 12, rather. So again, he says, verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to, the bestowment is given to each one for the profit of all. Okay? And we're told that we can desire, earnestly desire or earnestly covet the best gifts. Again, best gift, I went over that, 1 Corinthians 14, 1. The absolute best is prophecy. Amen? Amen. But again, as it applies to any situation, is whatever one is needed for that moment. Okay? And so you got to deal with which one is going to, again, verse 7, because the gift is given for the profit of all. So what gift is going to profit this person? Okay? Now, Let's deal with this here. Let's round this out. Faith. Everybody say faith. 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 Okay. So we've been given a measure of the measure of faith. Romans 12, 3, right? right. Yes. So it's faith that accesses this grace. Right. Remember, we have received gifts according to the grace. Right. Jesus. So we have to Access. use grace for the gift. Right. But we have to access the grace by faith. Romans 5, verse 2, I think it is. Right? Get it on the screen for me, please. Romans chapter 5, uh, verse 2. Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. So we know faith is the, is the access key to grace. Got it? Y'all got it? Okay, now. So everybody say faith. So I'm going to minister these gifts according to the faith to the proportion of faith I have. So it's important and imperative that I'm building my faith because my faith is what accesses this grace. Right? So Jude chapter 1, Jude only has one chapter, right? Verse 20, let's read that. Jude 1 verse 20 says something for us. Okay? Says, but you, beloved, come on, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, or some translations will say in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. This is important, ladies and gentlemen, because we're going to use these gifts in proportion to our faith. So I need faith to access grace. So I've got to build my faith. This kind does not go out. This kind of faith does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So it's important for me to build my faith even as it relates to my gift and my calling. Well, we see here a fail-proof way that God has given us to do that. And it's called praying in the Holy Spirit or praying in the Holy Ghost. It got quiet right there. Okay. Praying in the spirit builds up your faith to flow in the Holy Ghost. 
That's worth writing down or just just recording to your mental bank here. Praying in the spirit builds up your faith to flow in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to give you some more statements here. I'm going to have to give them to you quick. Praying in the spirit builds up your faith to flow in the Holy Ghost. Okay. Y'all got that. Everybody understands that. Okay. Because I want to I want to I want to shift here even more here. Okay. How many of you understand that we there uh, we live in the natural realm. Right. I can touch. I can see you. But there is an unseen or spiritual realm that is more real than this realm. Right. And that everything in this natural realm is a result or manifestation of what's going on in the spiritual realm. Got it. Nothing just happens. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things that are seen were not made by things which do appear. That's what your word says, right? That's your Bible says. So everything we see in the natural was not made by the natural. It was made by the spiritual. Got it? So, Jesus help me with this. So, if we want to operate on a different level, we have to access that other level. We have to access this other realm. And praying in tongues or praying in the Holy Ghost enables us to connect to the spiritual realm. Y'all too quiet for this in this Presbyterian church. Praying in tongues enables you and me to connect to the spiritual realm. We naturally don't connect to the spiritual realm. Naturally, we connect only to the natural realm. It's called our five senses. What we can taste, what we can see, what we can smell, what we can hear, what we can touch. We connect naturally every day, just instinctively to the natural realm. But what's really happening is in the spiritual realm. Remember we talked about that last Sunday when the superintendent Anderson was here and he talked about that demon spirit behind that woman who was bowed over? That demon of sickness? That means her doctor couldn't do anything about it. Oh, Jesus. Remember that woman with issue of blood? 12 years, her doctors have been molesting her. And she didn't get better, but she rather grew worse because there was something behind that. But because they couldn't connect to the spiritual realm, they only operated by natural things. And here we are in the body of Christ with our progressive selves trying to trying to approach issues from a natural standpoint but the Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood we don't wrestle against flesh and blood so since we don't wrestle against flesh and blood we have to have some way to connect to the spiritual realm that allows us to enter into a different realm to, to get what listen to this to get in the spirit to get over in the spirit because if you and I will move from the natural and get over in the spirit all of a sudden we start seeing oh oh that's what's really happening we're fighting and fussing and cussing because we're in the natural trying to beat ourselves down but no 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 it, the, the real issue is in the spiritual realm 
What's behind the sickness? What's behind the strife? What's behind all the mess? What's behind the financial blockage? What's behind everything? It's in the spiritual realm and you can't whip it in the natural realm. You can't. Yeah, you can't box a devil in the natural realm. <laughs> Glory to God. Praying in tongues enables you to connect to the spiritual realm. Oh man, I'm out of time. I'm gonna give you a few, a few scriptures though. I, yeah, I'm gonna just, we'll just read them. Praying or speaking in tongues, listen to this, is the gateway into the spiritual realm. Much like we know the natural, marijuana, everybody say marijuana, is a gateway drug. People think, oh, it's just innocent, it's just, you know, harmless. No. Marijuana is a gateway drug. You think, well, I started, it's hard. I'm not going not to have an effect. You, that's yeah, now. It's already affecting you negatively. But before you know it, before you know it, you'll be into something else. I never plan on being all in LSD. I never plan on being on PCP. I never plan on being on this. I never plan on being that. Of course you didn't plan on it. But when you got into marijuana and you know, and now, now you're seeing things. Now you're getting all kind of revelation on marijuana. I see clearly things I ain't seen before. I, I really understand. I really understand. Yep, you've opened yourself up to pharmacia. The spirit of pharmakia is what the, the Greek word for in the New Testament, pharmakia. You open yourself up to this, to this demonic spirit that, yeah, you're going to be seeing all kind of stuff in the, in the, in the. So you to tell on me. But there is, if there's a counterfeit, there's a genuine. And the genuine is praying in tongues. Because praying in tongues is the gateway to the spiritual realm. And before you know it, you'll be prophesying. Before you know it, you'll be discerning spirits. Before you know it, you'll have a word of wisdom. Before you know it, you'll have a word of knowledge. Before you know it, because what's happening is in tongues, you are activating some things. You are, I want to just finish this here. It, you are getting over in the spirit. Everybody say in the spirit. In the spirit. Say it again, in the, spirit. in the spirit. See, most of us live, in fact, all of us naturally live in the flesh. In other words, now not according to the flesh. I'm not talking about living according to the flesh. I'm not talking about your fleshly, carnal, lower nature. I'm talking about just naturally, when you wake up in the morning, your eyes pop open, you don't see heaven, generally. You generally see your ceiling or the, the clock. First thing you're looking at, what time is it? Right? So I'm talking about being in the natural. But the natural is not where things are happening. It's the spiritual realm. So we've got to we've got to cross over. Everybody say crossing over. Not talking about some demonic thing about talking to dead people. I'm talking about you in the spirit with your tongue crossing over into the in, to get over in the spirit. Y'all with me on here? On this here. Watch this. First Corinthians 14, verse 2. Let me finish this here. First Corinthians 14, verse 2. Watch, watch what Paul says here. It says, For he who speaks in a tongue. Come on now. He who speaks in the tongue does not speak to men, but to who? God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit. See, the moment you get over in tongues, you, it won't be long before you're over in the spirit. 
And in the spirit, you're speaking mysteries. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what, what to pray for. That's all. Well, pray in tongues for a little while. Hallelujah. I don't pass. I can't figure out what's going on with my family, my house. So pray in tongues for a little while. Because you got to you, you, you looking from this natural eye. You're making decisions or judgments or conclusions based on the natural. That's, that's, that's not it ain't what you think. Something behind it. I can't figure out why I keep having the same issue in my body. I just, oh, it's something behind that thing here. So this is so Glory to, God. Glory to God. So he says, you speak mysteries. Look at verse 18, same chapter, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18. Watch what Paul says. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. So Paul was a tongue talker. Paul was a tongue talker. Don't let your Baptist friends talk you out of tongues. Don't let your Catholic Presbyterian friends talk you out of tongues. Don't let your neo-soul Christian friends talk you out of tongues. Don't let your 5% of friends talk you out of tongues. Don't let your black Hebrew Israelite friends talk you out of tongues. Don't let your cold Pentecostal folk talk you out of tongues. Paul said, I speak with tongues more than all y'all. Remember, he's speaking mysteries, and he gets the whole revelation of the kingdom of grace, writes two-thirds of the New Testament. Why? How? He got over in the spirit. Matter of fact, he talked about one time he got, got over in the spirit. He saw some things. He, he said, I heard some things. As, ooh, he said, oh, I, that's not even lawful for me to tell you what I heard. This is what, oh, my Jesus. This is what happens when we cross over. <laughs> All right, give me these scriptures here, media. Just get them, help, help me because I don't want I don't have time to look for them. Give it here. Ephesians. Is this helping anybody? Yeah. Ephesians 6, verse 18. Woo. Ephesians 6, verse 18 says this: praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So he says, praying always with, with, uh, in, in supplication in the spirit. Notice again, in the spirit. Everybody say in the spirit. Now, you see the verse 18 is at the end of this list of things we call uh, the whole armor of God. Why do we need the whole armor of God? Verse 12. Give me verse 12 real quick. Verse 12, verse 12. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against what? Now, principalities, listen to this, principalities operate over, over municipalities. There are de demons that set up camp over regions. When you see a prevailing uh, um, issue in a city, in a region, promiscuity, perversion, murder, poverty, there's a principality that, that takes dominion over that region. Principalities cover municipalities. Got it? But, so it says, we're not wrestling as flesh and blood. So it, we, whoa, I'm going to fight this and fight that. You got to fight in the spirit. Against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly realm, the heavenly places. So it's in the heavenly, the unseen realm. Right? So then we, we, Verse 13, I'm not going to read all of it. So there, take up the whole armor of God. 
so that we can put on the whole armor of God, put on my, my helmet and my breastplate, my loins girded about with truth, my feet shod in preparation of the gospel of peace, taking up the shield of faith, the sword of spiritual the word of God. We put on all this armor and we teach the whole armor of God. So we see these pictures of the soldiers standing there, but we leave off verse 18. How you activate the shield, how you activate the helmet, how you activate the, the girl, how you activate the shoes is praying always in the spirit. Why? Because you don't you don't you don't know what you're fighting against. You can't see it. So you got to get over into another realm. Glory to God. Tell your neighbor, don't don't be scared. Don't be scared of that realm. Don't be scared. That's your realm. You, you, hear what I, you hear what I just said to you? Don't be scared. That's your realm. That ain't the devil's realm. See, I, when, I, when I was coming up as, early, as, a, as a, young, a young Christian, my church I was taught, you know, we would get over the spiritual man. I used to be scared of that realm. I, you know, scared of the devil showing up because I wasn't taught my authority in that realm. I was taught the devil's in that realm, but I wasn't taught, no, wait a minute. That chump, I got authority over him. That's my realm. That's not his realm. That's my realm. I'm, I'm, I am, I am a bi-dimensional. Oh, Jesus, y'all hear me. I am bi-dimensional. I, I operate in two dimensions. Jesus did. I said Jesus did. He wasn't locked into this one dimension. He operated in both dimensions. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right. So everybody say in the spirit. In the spirit. Revelation chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. Revelation chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. Oh, let's read this and finish. Boy, I send y'all home happy. Verse 9. I, John, this is John the Apostle John. Both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. In other words, he, was, he had been exiled out there being punished for preaching the gospel. Now watch verse 10. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard something. I heard something. If you're going to hear something, you got to get over in the spirit. You got to cross over into another realm. <laughs> because see, what we hear in this natural realm can be discouraging. What you in the natural realm could be all kind of bad news after bad news after bad news and this report and that report and this thing and this thing and that and that and this stat and all this kind of stuff and your, your, your diagnosis and your prognosis and all this kind of stuff you hear. But forget all that. Pray in the Holy Ghost and get over in the spiritual realm so you can hear something else. Tell your neighbor, if you want to hear something, you got to hear, you got to get in the spirit. Because in the spirit realm, things are on a different frequency. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Revelation 4, 1 and 2. Ha ha ha. Glory to God. After these things, this is the same John talking here. I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. Verse two, immediately I was in the spirit and behold. He saw something. 
Chapter 1, he heard something. Chapter 4, he saw something. That he couldn't see in the natural. Oh, my God. Remember when Stephen in Acts chapter uh, uh, 7 was being stoned? He looked steadfastly up into heaven, being stoned. Oh, my God. He left the natural realm. My God. Looked up into heaven and saw the Son of God standing at the right hand of God. Nobody else could see what he saw, but he saw it because they were in the natural, but he was in the spirit. It allowed him to die by faith. Jesus. It allowed him to die by faith. It allowed him to say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going, I'm leaving here. <laughs> I see Jesus. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, my God. So when you get in the spirit, you hear things on a different frequency. Chapter four, when you get in the spirit, you see things in the spiritual realm. Last place, Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37. Last place. Send you home. Ezekiel 37. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Ezekiel 37. Come here, Ezekiel. What you got to tell us about this thing getting over in the spirit, Ezekiel? Glory to God, glory to God. Verse 1. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. Now, this is an Old Testament saint. Brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. God takes a natural man and in the spirit realm takes him out to show him something. In other words, he's about to have a prophetic vision. And this, watch this, this prophetic vision is not for him, it's for the nation. So God can show him something, and then once God shows him something, God speaks to him something to do in the spirit. He's not doing this in the natural, ladies and gentlemen. He's seeing something in the spirit, and oh, Jesus, he's operating fully in the spirit at this moment. And what he hears and sees and then does in the spirit changes the whole nation. And he never was in a microphone, never was on a, on a bandstand, never was on a grand stage. He did, he did all the work in the spirit. Y'all, y'all, he did all, y'all, he did all the work in the spirit. Oh, what does it say? He said, it set me in the midst of the valley of, uh, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me, this is in the spirit, y'all, by them all, to pass by them all around. And behold, there was very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? Anytime God asks you a question like that, you better say yeah. Better say Come on. So I answer, oh Lord God, you know. Again, he said, now he's in the spirit. Some of you, God might take you and set you in the midst of Charles Park at 3 a.m. Don't be scared. It's in the spirit. Some of you, God might take you in the midst, uh, in the midst, in the spirit and set you right in front of your cousin house who's going through and you don't know why. Don't be scared. It's in the spirit. do a whole lot of work in the spirit. Now, in bodily, you ain't left your house. 
bed next to your spouse, but but in the spirit, man, you a, you you might be in another country somewhere. Oh, oh my God! Oh, oh that's good. That's I heard a man testify, I was watching Sid Roth. I heard a man testify about how he was in the spirit one day and he, he, he would end up over in an Asian nation in a little small Bible study they were having in a house and praying with this, these group of people in this, in this nation, in the place where, where they, they weren't allowed to pray. And, and he didn't even know it. Really, he came back, he got, he got an email from somebody saying, thank you for coming and being a part of our, of our prayer uh, uh, band. You really helped us. And he's like, I never, I've never been there. But in the spirit, God took him. This is what our faith has to be. He said, prophets out of these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. And I will put some news on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you. In other words, God's, God is raising a whole generation from the dead. God might have you prophesying to this ex generation. Oh, my God. Oh, God, he might set you right in the middle of John Hopkins Middle School at 12 o'clock on a Thursday. Don't be scared. It's in the spirit. I will call brethren into you, you shall live. Verse 6, I will put the news on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live, and then you shall know that I am the Lord. Verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded. It's all in the spirit, ladies and gentlemen. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the... We were praying this this morning, weren't we? Sure, man, we prayed this this morning. He said, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came to them and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. All done in the spirit. <laughs> well, how do I get over there? Praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. Paul said, I pray in tongues. First Corinthians 14 verse 18. I pray in tongues more than you all. Well, I have a job, Pastor. I don't have time to be on my knees praying in tongues. You can pray in tongues at work. You ain't got to be at work. You can be sitting right at your desk. On your way to work, you tired of, of, the, of the chaotic, strife-filled atmosphere at your job? On your way to work, turn the radio off, turn the music off and say, You just pray in tongues all the way to work? Want to kill a chaotic atmosphere at your home? Don't don't be don't be don't be don't be turning. Listen, no, you know blues and jazz. No, get up in the spirit realm. Get up in the spirit realm. You'll see over. You'll see over. And not to keep looking at. You'll see over stuff. God, I don't understand what's going on with my children. Why are my children cutting up back in the food? I can't figure it out. Get them bum, walk in their room while they going to school. Let them reveal some things that's going on. 
in the spirit. You'll hear in the spirit, you'll see in the spirit, you'll prophesy and things will happen. You'll make some, you'll make some moves in the spirit <laughs> and everything has to change because everything changes in the spirit realm and it'll manifest in your natural life. Is that good? Get on your feet. Give God a praise if you receive that word tonight. Man, 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 oh man. Man, 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 oh man. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Just throw your head back. Just pray in tongues. Just for a good, just give a couple minutes of that. Just hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. He might show you a vision in 30 seconds. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Hallelujah. Oh, may your people hear things tonight, God. In the spirit. May your people see things tonight, Father. In the spirit. May they begin to prophesy to dry bones. May they prophesy to a generation. May they prophesy to their condition. May they prophesy to a situation. May they prophesy to a neighborhood. Oh, we're not talking to man, we're talking to God. We're speaking mysteries in the spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for revelation of these mysteries. Thank you that God, you will reveal, you reveal, you reveal, you reveal, Lord, to us. Oh, thank you for the word of wisdom. Thank you for the word of knowledge. Thank you for the discerning of spirits. Thank you for the revelation gifts, oh God. Oh God, you will reveal, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we stir ourselves up in our most holy faith. We stir up the gifts that are in us. Hallelujah. We want to be used by you, Lord. We are willing in the day of your power. We are willing in the day of your power, God. It's your time of manifestation, God. It's your time for increase, oh God. It's your season, God. And we are willing to be used by you, Lord, in this day and this hour, God, to minister and effect change in our nation, change in our cities, change in our neighborhoods, oh God, change in churches, oh God, change everywhere we go, Lord. Hallelujah to God. So thank you that God, everything is being activated on the inside of us, oh God. Oh, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the manifestation, for the bestowment of the gifts of the Spirit on the inside of us. Thank you, Lord. Each of us, each one of us, each one of us, we receive and walk in that which you place on the inside of us. We thank you, Father. 
We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. God, we invite you. We ask you. We covet earnestly the best gifts. We earnestly desire spiritual gifts. So, Lord, manifest gifts on the inside of us, Lord. Hallelujah. More than one. We'll take the whole nine so we can be available to use at any time, Lord, for any situation, Lord. Thank you, Father, that what you bestow, Lord, we receive and we'll increase our faith. We'll increase our faith so we can use these gifts in proportion to our faith. Thank you that we will be the answers to every problem the world has. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We give you praise and glory and honor tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Just, just you know, all the time, just, just pray in, in tongues. It's not, not necessarily about your volume and, you know, the velocity, the speed at which you're... I'm not I'm just talking about just praying in tongues is all. Just practicing God's presence all the time. All the time. All the time. Stir yourself up. Some of y'all, well, I prayed when I first got born, got filled with the Holy Ghost. I ain't prayed since. Okay, start. 